Hometown Ghost Stories contains serious and often distressing events and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Listener submitted Ghost Story, 1992, India. I was part of a Christian missionary effort to India back in the early 1990s, volunteering with the new Lifeline Express, which was a hospital train that stretched from Rajasthan to Karnakata. It was a wonderful innovation that was created to assist the economically struggling country of more than a billion people and not enough hospitals to accommodate the population. The train was seven cars long at the time and was staffed with 40 volunteer doctors and several salaried employees. Our job was to station at a rural village along the train route and tend to the sick people as they waited for the train to arrive. When we arrived, I was shocked to see just how rural and disconnected the village was. There was no running water, no main roads, just small shacks and tents along an unkept dirt road. The village was mostly children and elderly. We brought bottled water, food, and medical supplies with us. It was truly an amazing thing to help these people get the care they deserved, but it was at this village that I experienced something horrifying that I'll never forget. The village hospital was nothing more than a large, dirty canvas stretched over a wooden frame with a dirt floor. There were seven people in the makeshift beds waiting for the train to arrive, and all were very sick. Three were under the age of five, two were in their sixties, one in his seventies, and one was very, very old. No one knew his exact age, and he couldn't tell us, but I assumed it could be no less than a hundred. Through our translator, the other villagers told us he had been a Hindu priest many decades ago. He was struggling with several illnesses, from cataracts in his eyes to an apparent mental illness which rendered him almost completely speechless. He just kept on staring up at the canvas roof, repeating, Putana, Putana, Putana. The village doctor paid little attention to the man. At first, I assumed it was because the man was so old that his time could be better spent on the children, but to my shock, our translator told me it was because the doctor thought the man was evil. I felt so bad for the elderly man that I decided to sit by him and hold his hand for a while. He didn't seem to notice me at first, but as time went by, I felt him squeeze my hand. I jumped at the ferocity of his sudden grip. I looked up at him, and he was sitting up, glaring at me with his milky white eyes. He grimaced, and as clear as day, spoke words other than the word that he had been repeating over and over. It was the first sentence he uttered since we arrived. Unfortunately, I didn't understand the language, and the translator wasn't present when it happened. But whatever it was that he said made me recall the doctor's superstition about the man. The words were venom, and whatever they were, they were his last. He slumped forward and stopped breathing. Our attempts to save him were futile. He couldn't be saved. We laid him back, and the villagers gathered around the man and took turns reciting some words. The translator explained to me that they were Hindu and believed in reincarnation, and that the ritual had something to do with that. After their ceremony, I remember having to swat away a large fly that kept trying to land on the man's face. This detail sticks out in my memory because of how unnaturally large the fly was. I swatted at it a good ten times before it eventually flew off. Not five minutes later, there was a commotion on the other side of the tent. I rushed over, 
and found several of my fellow missionaries assisting the doctor in administering CPR to one of the sick children. It ended up being unsuccessful, and sadly, the child passed. I noticed the same fly perched at the top of her forehead by her hairline. I brushed it away and stepped back so the family could approach. Over the course of the next couple hours, both the other children went into cardiac arrest. One was resuscitated, but the other sadly passed. Each child that went into cardiac arrest was visited by that horrible insect at the same time of the episode. I didn't make the connection at the time, but several days later, I was talking to the translator and the subject of the old man came up. I mentioned the word the man had been repeating before his death, Putana. The translator told me that Putana was an ancient Hindu demon, but reassured me the man was probably just rambling. I nodded, but I didn't buy it. Later, I did some research on this Hindu demon and learned that she was a female demon known for killing children. The discovery made me sick to my stomach. I believe the man was possessed by this demon, and after his death, the possessed spirit was reincarnated into that fly that resulted in the death of those two children in the attempt on the third. My faith in God is still strong, despite this test from the devil, but I have never returned to India since. Story sent in by Maria from Evansville, Indiana. I'm Dave Wilkins, and this is your Hometown Ghost Stories. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into Hometown Ghost Stories. Listener submitted ghost stories uh, number three. This is our third time doing this. I'm Jesse Wilkins. I'm joined by Rob Coakley. Hello, Rob. I was just really, really hoping Dave wasn't going to be here tonight. Sorry. Here I am. One, only can, t- can take one Wilkins at a time. <laughs> yes, I am back. <laughs> it's good to be back. Uh, I was in I was in Greece, so we were in Europe for a couple of weeks. I did tune in and listen and watch the episodes, and you guys did fine without me. I'm still up in the air on whether or not I want to cover the location that I visited for a full episode. There's definitely enough history on it. I just don't know if there's enough hauntings on it because the hauntings in Greece are very vague. So with mm-hmm. this location that I went to, which was an old fort slash jail that was kind of at the top of the city of uh, Thessaloniki. And when I say at the top, it was very much at the top because I had to drive a manual vehicle from the bottom to the top. And like I can drive manual. But this was a this was like a huge challenge. Like they should do an Olympic event should be trying to drive a manual vehicle from the bottom to the top of the Saloniki. And because <laughs> it was so challenging. And it was so challenging because not only was it like unbelievably steep. So if you're ever driving standard, it's uh, very challenging to climb those really steep roads. <laughs> it, it, Ricardo says, is he going to try to shoehorn his vacation again? Like when he went to those mansions, <laughs> listen, I had a great vacation in Newport. No, but, uh, but it was very much at the top of this. And, and so not only was it like unbelievably steep, but it, the roads were also unbelievably narrow to where in America or probably in other countries as well, these would all be one way roads. Cause there's no way two roads, uh, two vehicles can fit down. Luckily I didn't run into any vehicles running the other way, but it wasn't just narrow roads, but it was narrow roads. And on either side of you were just people sitting outside at these like outdoor cafes. 
So it's like, I'm sitting here driving up this unbelievably narrow road already, already trying to force this tiny, not so powerful vehicle up these roads and also trying not to run over people's feet at the same time. <laughs> it's just the most stressful thing I've ever been into. But when you get up there, it was super cool. It was, it was really uh, old. It was, it was closed. I couldn't get inside, but you can get like inside the walls still. And you can go, I'm pretty sure you just go whenever because people were all hanging out there. It looked like they weren't going anytime soon, but the location was unbelievably cool. And there's a lot of history to it. So I'll probably cover it on like a side content episode. I don't think we could do a full episode on it because they're just, they're, they're just so vague. They're like, yes. And there have been ghosts. Like, okay. <laughs> um, that's, that's it. <laughs> so we'd have to do some more digging into if people have done um, investigations there and stuff like that. But that car driving story is going to be your residual haunting after you pass. You're going to have to oh, just man. drive up that mountain every day. People are going to see it. <laughs> yeah. People are going to see it. They're going Luckily, to be like, you see this ghost. It's just this guy. He's panicking as he drives up this hill the entire time. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've told the last story about me trying to. Uh, so th this time I actually made it all the way up. No problem. Didn't stall out. The first time I went to Greece, I almost killed the whole family. I don't know if I've told that story on the podcast. If so, I'll, yeah. I'll avoid it. But. Yeah, there we have, that was an unpaved road and a very inexperienced Jesse trying to make it up there with the, the most non-powerful vehicle ever. Almost drove off a cliff several times if you weren't there for that story. But yeah, we're back. We survived. And um, yeah, so we'll, we'll cover that in the future. But I will tell you about this before we get off the subject is I'll tell you who wasn't a believer in ghosts was my father-in-law, who uh, we were staying at his house for most of the trip. And... <laughs> The wife brings it up to him. I wasn't even going to tell him that I do a ghost podcast. He has no idea. But, um, you know, the wife brings it up. She's like, oh, yeah, he's got a podcast all about ghosts. And he's just, ghosts. They're like, yeah, you know, there's ghosts. Um, I'm like, yeah, so actually one of the places we're going to go visit is uh, right in the city. And it's one of the most haunted places. He's like, ghosts? There are no ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you just kept repeating that line the whole time. Just, there's no ghosts. So can't cover it now because there's no ghosts, according to George. But that was, uh, apparently, to the research you did on it, there's no ghosts either. I, there's no, according to the research, there is ghosts, but that's literally that's all the extent of the story. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but this is one of my favorite type of episodes to do. We get to tell listener stories and. That opening story, Dave, was quite terrifying. We actually start a listener story in India. Not the only overseas listener story for tonight, but um, that one was terrifying. Yeah, it was interesting because I'm reading this this story that was sent in by this person, and I wasn't sure where it was going to go. It was like, but it caught my attention because it was like, there's there there's this apparently there's this train that goes around India that was built in the '90s to basically try to accommodate all the people that the hospitals couldn't accommodate because the population was so big, which was a really neat idea. So I was like, oh, this is interesting, but where is it going? And wow, it went to crazy places <laughs> with demons yeah. and flies. But it makes sense because the the Hindu religion, and they, they believe in reincarnation, that after you die, you don't necessarily go to heaven, but you're reincarnated into something else, like another living being. And if this, it, it raises an interesting question, right? Theologically, if your soul is possessed by a demon and you die and you're going to be, your soul is then reincarnated into another being, would that reincarnated soul carry that demon with it? It's a super interesting idea. And I had never considered the possibility of that before. So when I heard this story, I was like, yes, this is the one for the intro story for the episode tonight, because this is wild. Yeah, it was a very disturbing general. story for sure. I mean, anytime you deal with, 
multiple deaths. That's interesting. I will say if I get reincarnated as a fly, I'm also going to go on a murder spree. <laughs> yeah. But we'll blame the demon for that. I think you have to. I think you have to. You have to do whatever. And that's probably why they're so persistent because they're just reincarnated and pissed off. And that's why they won't leave you alone. They're like, I don't care that you're 800 times my size. I'm still going to bother you for the rest of my life or your life, whichever one we can do. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, my dad says Beelzebub uh, translates to Lord of the Flies. And that was actually the same demon that possessed Anna Eklund. If you go back to the haunting of Anna Eklund or the possession of Anna Eklund episode, that was one of the demons that allegedly possessed her known as the Lord of Flies. But this demon was allegedly a demon called Putana, which is an ancient, it was actually an ancient god in the Hindu religion. Uh, but then it was recategorized as a demon later on. But basically, if you break down the word Putana, it, put means virtue and uh, na means no. So basically it means like devoid of virtue. And this is the demon that was attributed with all of the childhood diseases. Anytime they had any child-related death, they would attribute that to that demon. Gotcha. Well, it was quite terrifying. I think the one thing that stood out for myself and a lot of the chat and probably the people that are listening was the um, line where you said he looked at looked at them with their milky white eyes. Right. So he had visually that's terrifying. It is terrifying. That was, uh, I believe he had cataracts. It was mentioned. Mm -hmm. So cataracts will do that to your eyes. It'll turn them white. Right. So I think that's what it was, but yeah, it would be extra terrifying if you're also possessed by a demon. Yeah, I would say so. (laughs) There's a, there's a strong correlation there. Yes. (laughs) Swanee brings up a great point. He says, if I come back as a fly, I'm going straight into one of those lamps. Hopefully round three will be better. (laughs) Just just end it right now. (laughs) So in my, in my progressively more and more haunted house, we, uh, all of a sudden, like we had one of those fly situations and you see this with, with a lot of hauntings and it's become kind of a horror movie trope where like all the flies show up, you know, it's like one of the things that happens, when some sort of a possession is going on, but we had all of a sudden there was like 30 house flies and they were all like sitting on the window screen. So we just closed the window and left them all to perish in between the window. And then a bunch of other flies showed up to watch them die. So that was interesting. So they went to the other window and I closed that one. So now we just have two windows full of dead flies. It's like the old community executions or the public executions back in the day. Yeah, they all just show up to watch. I don't know if they're like trying to help or what, but they're probably all just also just being idiots and trying to flow, fly out of a uh, window. But um, I, I feel like this is a, a part of me being an exorcist, which is like if I kill all the flies, then I've exercised my house of demons. So yeah, put that one in my column. Good Win job. one over Jesse, zero to flies. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. So we got a bunch of listeners submitted ghost stories to get to tonight. I'm excited for this. This is always like, like you said, Rob, these are some of my favorite episodes and they've actually quickly climbed the charts as some of the more popular episodes because people like to hear not just your everyday hauntings, but ghost stories that they've never heard before. These are all from our listeners. I'm assuming that they've only told, you know, a select few people if they've told anybody at all. Some of these are anonymously submitted and some of them, they do attach their names to it. So if you're listening and you want to get your ghost story read on here, send it to us. You can either email it to us, send it over on Discord, Facebook Messenger, whatever, and uh, and we'll check it out. And if you want to rename, uh, remain anonymous, that's perfectly fine. So the only yep. thing that we ask is that your story is authentic. And you're not just making it up. Uh, that would, that always is nice because these are supposed to be real stories. If you want to make your own ghost story up, then we could use that for something else. So if you're a creative writer and you want to send in a 
creative ghost story cool but those that's not for this this kind of episode this episode is for true hauntings that people have never heard before yeah and speaking of which why don't we jump into another one right now I grew up in a haunted house that was somehow just a little over a year older than me. My parents built the house in Massillon, Ohio, around the time that my older brother was born. So this isn't your classic golden age of haunted house Queen Anne Victorian style, but weird things happened just the same. The most common incidents happened with my brother and I. My sister either didn't experience anything or just wouldn't tell us. This happened all over the house, but most frequently in the basement where we had a TV and some old chairs. We would be playing games and we would hear our mother's voice calling us into the kitchen. When we ran up the stairs, we would find out one of three things. One, mom hadn't called for us and she hadn't heard anything. Two, Mum wasn't anywhere near the kitchen. Or scariest of all, three, Mom wasn't even home. If this had happened once or twice, we probably wouldn't even remember. But this was almost a daily occurrence. The other auditory thing I will never forget was something that nobody else in my family experienced. From the ages of three to seven, my brother and I shared the smallest bedroom, and he slept like a bag of rocks, so he never had an issue with the closet. But of course, I did. The whispering voice came through the closet door just as I was about to fall asleep. Most nights I had to sleep facing the wall with a cavalcade of stuffed animals against my back. Thankfully, this all stopped when we got older and my parents moved us to the larger bedroom. And my sister, after she moved in, never mentioned hearing any voices. Aside from sounds, we also had the normal compliment of constant corner of your eye looking to disappear shadows and images. But I'll save some of those stories for another day. Listener story submitted by Trevor R. Well, Trevor R., that was terrifying. Yeah. Uh, the whole story is terrifying. It starts with the kitchen thing that is very creepy. And we've heard this one before, right? I've heard this happening to other people where they hear somebody calling them from another room. And then that person either isn't there or they're not home. Actually, I believe Lindsay had this happen to her at the house she was in as well, where people would call f- for her or something, or they would hear Lindsay calling for them and Lindsay wouldn't even be home. So this is a haunting that happens, I don't want to say frequently because that would be like crazy, but it happens for sure to other people. And that that's where it like, kind of caught my attention, but then the closet, right? The closet mm-hmm. is terrifying. This could be a demon. Not to keep bringing it back to demons, but that's what I do. That's why I'm here. <laughs> so, <laughs> but this is, uh, you, when you say this is something that happens frequently, it is. So this is a specific type of demon, or if it is this, it could be a specific type of demon that's called a mimic. 
and it'll basically it will mimic somebody's voice that you know in order mm-hmm. to get you to respond to that. And basically that invokes the demon. So it's sort of like a trap the demon lays. People, I've heard the story told about they, they hear their mother calling them from the other room. They go in and the mother's not actually there. Or I've even heard stories where they hear somebody calling their name and they walk into the room and the person is there and they have a conversation with that person. And then they walk back into another room and the person's there and they say, wait a minute, <laughs> like who, were you, who was I just talking to? And they say, I don't know who you were just talking to. So it's very, very scary uh, if that is in fact what it is. Yeah, you see this a lot. And then you also see like a doppelganger situations in a lot of places where they're like, oh, I, I just talked to you down the hall. And they're like, well, I've been here for like the last hour. So kind of similar situations, especially when you're dealing with the voices. But I've, I've had that as well. It's usually just you, like you respond to someone yelling to you and then like nobody was. So I haven't had that happen at this house, but I've, I've had that happen before. Maybe it's just me going a little crazy or whatever. But I mean, it could be a number of things too. Maybe the TV just happens to sound like your mom or maybe someone yells outside and you, th- you just assume that it's somebody in the house yelling, but every day though, that was the thing. That's why he said, oh, like, no, yeah, I'm not just getting this story. I'm saying in some scenarios, it might be one of those gotcha. things. Gotcha. Um, and this is similar to the Plymouth story. If you go back to the Plymouth episode, we told the story of a brand new house that had this extreme haunting. And towards the end of that story, the person who sent that story in, in had seen their mom walk into a room. And he followed her into the room and she wasn't there. And it turned out she was on the other end of the house. And that's the other thing that made me think of it because brand new house and similar situation. So I, there's a correlation there, right? Like it's, it's very similar. It's not exactly the same, but I think it tells you that, you know, just cause your house is brand new doesn't mean that there's not a chance that it's haunted. It, could be the actual land around the house, not the house itself. Exactly. And the doppelganger thing is interesting because that's what that story sounded like. Obviously, if you see something that looks like your mother, then and it's not, then then that's what you're dealing with. We haven't dove too much into where those kind of hauntings would originate, but it's something that we've seen a couple times, not too, too much in the locations that we've covered. But I believe it was at Trans-Allegheny during an investigation, one of the investigators was like, oh, uh, let's let's go follow Greg. He's downstairs. And they go to follow him. And then they go into the room that he walked into and he wasn't there. So they go upstairs and eventually they run into him later. Like, dude, what were you doing down there? You know, we went to follow you, but we didn't know where you went. He's like, I've been on this floor the entire time videotaping. And like they reviewed the footage and he obviously never left and everything. So it's something that you see, but I haven't really dove into the origins of why those kind of situations come about and what yeah, is the cause of those kinds of hauntings. Same thing happened at the Croke Patterson mansion in Denver that we covered a couple of weeks ago. Guys on the top floor swears he hears somebody calling him from outside the door, opens the door, nobody's there. And there's nobody even on the top two floors. Everybody's working in the basement. Yeah. Yeah. Always concerning. Always concerning. Uh, shout out to Matthew T uh, donating $5 in super chat earlier. says special guest host tonight is Jesse Wilkins. Yes, it's, <laughs> it's good to be back. And also uh, Stitch Kitten, thank you for joining. I don't, I don't know if we got gifted subs, but I thought I saw people talking about it. So if you did, then thank you for that as well. Always appreciated. Thanks again, Matt. Um, yeah, that, that's uh, that was, that was a wild story. Very, very concerning. What, what was the phrase that was whispered? I couldn't really understand with your dark demon voice there, Rob. Um, it was, Hey kid, come here or something like that to that effect. Gotcha. Come over here or something. Real scorpion vibes. Just real, (laughs) real more combat. Get over here. Very concerning. I like the protective, uh, the protective stuffed animals in that situation though. That's, 
you do what you got to do sometimes, right? Like it's it's I, under the blankets. It's stuffed animals. I like stuffed animals better than under the blankets because you set up a little army to protect yourself. Yeah, until they start moving on their own and forming a circle in the middle of your room like they did in the Sally house. <laughs> then they're, they're no longer on your side. <laughs> then you have to abort that mission and just leave, right? That's what you got to do. Uh-huh. Uh, do we want to jump into another story here? Yeah, let's do it. It was the first day of October in 1995. My wife and I had got married in May, and our first son had been born in late September. I had worked the 12-hour swing shift the night before, and my wife hadn't returned back to work yet. We were renting a small place at the time, out in the country, in a good neighborhood. I pulled my 12-hour night shift and hurried home to my wife and new baby. Upon arriving and entering the living room, I found my wife sitting on the couch, and I could tell something was wrong. So naturally, I asked if something was bothering her. She told me I needed to sit down because she needed to tell me something that was concerning her. We had a visitor last night, she said as I took my usual spot on the couch. Not sure what she meant, I asked her what she was talking about. It was last night, she explained. She had gone in to check on the baby and found a strange woman bent over the baby's crib, playing with him. She described her as a young woman with long brown curly hair, wearing a white dress with a pink flower pinned to it. My wife said she had just froze, but a peaceful feeling had come over her, and although she couldn't explain it, she somehow felt like she trusted the strange woman bent over our baby's crib. My wife said the woman stood straight up and looked straight at her and smiled, and then just like that, she was gone. I sat there in shock because my wife had just described my sister to me. My sister, whom she had never met. My sister was murdered in 1993 before my wife and I even knew each other. The white dress with the pink flower pinned to it is how my mother had her laid to rest and she had long brown curly hair her entire life. I can still remember the amount of emotions that came over me. I knew my sister was in a good place and she had come to see the firstborn child that made her an aunt. Story sent in by Ray T. So that's another one that could either be terrifying or comforting. So. Yeah, I don't think that one was terrifying. And I think that this one went from being where it could be terrifying to being really sad to almost like a happy ending, sort of. Because you have the, you obviously have a haunting, it's a ghost, and the ghost is of the murdered sister but it's of the murdered sister meeting her firstborn nephew or niece for the first time, which made her an aunt. So it was kind of a nice feel-good story at the end. But yeah, a whole lot of different emotions going on there. Fear and and uh, tragedy and and then happiness. So I thought it was a pretty cool story. Yeah, Maybe some sort closure of, too. Yeah, Maybe some closure. closure yep. You know, the, you, you get to see that like your sister died this horrific way, but at least she got to see her firstborn niece or nephew. And the, the crazy part about the story is it wasn't the brother that saw her. It was the wife, right? Like the brother's wife who had never met her. Right. So he, she describes her to a T wearing what she wore when she was laid to rest. So it's, that's what kind of struck me with this particular story, which was probably terrifying at first. Right, like as you walk over to your crib, you see you see somebody standing over the crib that you you're not sure 
who it is. That's got to be a terrifying feeling. Yeah, that was an interesting part of the story because when she said that she had went into the room, she saw the strange woman leaning over the crib, which you would think would honestly make any parent freak out. But she yeah. said for whatever reason that she was not overcome with anything except for comfort, which was interesting. Because if, if you have a haunting and that ghost is bringing a certain amount of energy, whether it's good or bad, this makes me feel like this ghost was obviously manifested through positive energy, which could have been why she felt that way off the bat. I just still, I, I believe the story, of course, but like, I just don't know how you could see someone that you don't recognize because this is the wife, not the the husband, right? Mm -hmm. Realize it's a ghost and still be comfortable with the situation. <laughs> All of this sounds more and more terrifying. Like, like when you see an intruder, mm -hmm. it's probably more concerning actually. So when you see a, an intruder, you're like, oh my gosh, somebody is about to maybe steal my baby or at least they want to come look at my baby, which is also concerning. And then you realize it's a ghost and then the ghost goes away. You're like, I just saw a full body apparition potentially haunting my baby. But I mean, you're not there. You can't really argue with how somebody feels. I'm going to guess that she probably never at any point thought it was an intruder. I'm guessing that the baby was, she wanted to check on the baby. It's dark in the room. And she, th she thought she saw something looming over the, the crib. And you're probably, if it's dark, you're looking at that, like, what is that? Is that a person? Is there someone there? And then as you realize, you start to see the features, maybe then she's also simultaneously uh, surrounded by that feeling of comfort. So it could have been something like that, where she didn't realize what it was at first. And by the time she realized it, she realized it wasn't a threat. Mm. Yeah. But I don't know. Right. He didn't, none of that was explained in the story. I'm just surmising. No, that, that makes sense. It's, it's hard to... It's hard to put yourself in that situation and describe how people would feel seeing such a thing. I'm just saying how I would feel if I saw what I thought was a person, then saw it was a ghost. I would I would not be comforted whatsoever. Uh, Matthew Thomas brings up a very interesting story. He says, my mother-in-law died when my now 13-year-old was two. He would go around the house for probably a year saying he was seeing grandma and talking to her. Um, now, Matt, I need to ask because you did say you were going to ch chat GPT a ghost story. Is that what <laughs> chat GPT came up with or is that a true story? No. I'm assuming that, it's a true story. If that is a true story, you should actually shoot us an email and expand upon that so we can use it for a future episode because that is, that's another one that's like kind of terrifying, but also comforting, right? Like it, it, as the more you think about it, like it's scary that your two-year-old might be seeing something like this. But when you realize who he, who he's seeing and who he's talking to, it might be more of a comforting um, experience. Mm -hmm. yeah. True. Pop says, uh, could have been a split-second experience after the lady vanished. It gave the wife time to process what happened. Also true. Also uh, I do wonder if she became more comfortable with the situation after it was described who that was and after it was kind of revealed that, like, oh, that's, you know, my sister. And that's what she was... Um, you know, that's what she was buried in and everything like that because then it would be more comforting but maybe it was something where off the bat she's like pretty sure i saw a ghost this is what it looked like and then once it all settled in then then it made a lot more sense mm. so matthew does confirm that that is a, a true story that's actually a that's another interesting one and it's another situation of children seeing stuff that that adults maybe can't see we see that a lot with children and with pets yeah yeah definitely an interesting one Shall we jump into another? We have so many of these to get through that uh, they're so much fun and the chat's enjoying it. The people listening are probably enjoying it. Why don't we jump into one that is sort of similar to the one we just did? 
I'm from Pennsylvania, but lived in Syracuse, New York for 11 years. During that time, my grandfather was slowly declining in health due to COPD. My siblings and I absolutely loved our granddad. We all called him our Superman because he always made you feel safe and loved. He was a World War II vet, an airplane mechanic, machinist, and loved his fishing, hunting, and of course, his small cooler of beer. One day, upon returning from work, I listened to a voicemail from my mom asking me to call her as soon as I could when I got off my shift. Upon calling her back, she told me that my grandfather, who had recently been rehospitalized, had unexpectedly passed away from cardiac arrest. My heart was absolutely broken, and I cried my eyes out. That night, after I finally had calmed down and fallen asleep, I awoke in the middle of the night and felt something was different. Not scary, just different. Then I heard it, the sound of someone clearing their throat. But this was very distinct and very familiar. This was the very sound my grandfather made when he cleared his throat. It had become so common over the last few years because he was constantly doing it with his altered respiratory system. And now I was hearing it clear as day, coming from my living room. It only lasted maybe a second or two, but it was enough to tell me my granddad, my Superman, had come to check on me one last time. And I will forever be grateful for that. Listener story submitted by Marie. Yeah, that's another one that uh, was, uh, you know, slightly scary, but but also comforting. You know, it's uh, concerning when you hear something like that. But at the same time, that's, you know, that's granddad coming back. And that, that's a sound that that you know, right? If, right. if it's with that certain condition and everything, you, you would hear that story or you'd hear that noise and immediately know, oh, that's, that's granddad, you know? So that's um, pretty similar actually to multiple stories. You know, you think you hear your mother's voice uh, or you hear this. This one obviously sounds a lot less, uh, you know, threatening than, than, than the other one, but that's um, it's another good story. Another good ghost story there. Well, it's it's comforting in the aspect that like this unex- sort sort of unexpected event, you don't think this is happening this soon, right? You know that he's had some health issues, but you're not expecting this outcome. And for it to kind of blindside you like that, you get that phone call. And then you go home that night, you're processing it, and something wakes you up. And it's that sound. And to your point, Jesse, it's a sound you know. There's certain things that people do in your life that it could be a small, quick noise like that, just a, just a clearing of the throat like this or something else, just the way they, I don't know, the way they breathe. You know this person, you know what that sound is, so as soon as she hears it, she knows it's him and she knows it's him checking on her and it's kind of a final goodbye. Like, you know that they've passed on and they're there to still like guide you, but like it, it gives you that, that a little bit of closure that you're looking for as well. 
It is. And it's, um, Serena brought it up that it's such a simple story that it has to be true, right? It's just, it just sounds, sounds authentic and you don't need a big, crazy, complicated ghost story with multiple things happening yeah. to, to make it a good ghost story. I mean, this is, these are some of my favorite stories, you know, I like a good demonic evil story. This isn't one of them, but you know, that's, uh, that's good. Yeah. Pops, pops brings about, how about sneezing seven or eight times in a row? That would be oh my the, God. that's the Wilkins staple right there. <laughs> it is unbelievable. <laughs> it is unbelievable when they start sneezing. I, I can't take it. I, it's, I've, I've almost blocked them on Facebook because of it. Like I just, so I'm actually surprised so it hasn't happened on this show. Just the sneeze attacks and just have to stay <laughs> muted for 10 minutes. Uh-huh. Um, you you have cursed yourself because when you do finally get your wish and I do die, I'm going to come back and haunt you and I'm just going to sneeze. Mm. That's going to be the haunting. It's going to be the, mm. the incessant sneezing at all hours of the night. Yeah, I'm sure. I actually, that wouldn't shock me. I would, I'm, I'm cursed to drive in a car with you for about four hours tomorrow. I fully <laughs> expect it to happen multiple times. So I'm sure I'm going to have to deal with it. Hopefully. Uh-huh. The, the other reason why I wanted to include this story is for exactly what you said, Jesse. Not every story has to be demonic or terrifying or whatever. There are hauntings that are weirdly comforting, weirdly, I don't know, poetic is the word I'm looking for. But just like there's that comforting situation of family members, friends, loved ones that come back to kind of give you that last little, you know everything's fine. You're going to be fine. I'm here for you still type deal. Had I known this is where these stories were going to go, I wouldn't have named this episode terrifying ghost stories you've never heard. <laughs> They're Damn still it. scary. It's still <laughs> a scary thing like because you're still scared. And we do have some scary ones. That opening story was scary as hell. And Trevor's story was quite scary. Yeah, and I think definitely. some of these next ones we're going to get into are scary as well. Absolutely. Welcome into the Wine Guilds. Their first time here. Hey. Good to have you here. I think there's a couple other people that said this their first time watching. It's always good to see that people uh, people tuning into the live stream on YouTube to uh, watch some of the videos that go along with the stories. So if you're an audio mm-hmm. listener and you're listening now, come on over and uh, join us Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You get to watch all the, uh, all the video production that goes along with these stories. So with that being said, shall we jump into another? Let's do it. Mm, yes. I used to be a security guard at a hospital. I worked the day shift for years, but had very recently been moved to the night shift, which started at 10 p.m. The change didn't bother me, but I was fairly unfamiliar with some of the procedures and routines that went on during the night as opposed to during the day. Not a big deal, just needed to work a few shifts to adjust. One night, while doing my rounds, I went into the surgery wing and was walking down the hallway when I saw a doctor looking at the whiteboard where all the scheduled surgeries are written down. I said, hello doctor, and kept going. I was waiting for a casual response, but the doctor didn't say anything and just kept studying the whiteboard, so I continued on my way. When I got back to the security office, I was telling one of the guys that's been there for years about how I greeted this doctor and he didn't say anything back. I asked if that was that jerk doctor that they told me to watch out for. My colleague asked where I was when I saw him, and I said the surgery ward, and he gave me a smirk. Then he explained that the surgery ward closes at 9pm, and that all patients are moved into the monitoring wards. 
There should be no one there. He then asked me if the doctor was studying the schedule board. I said yes, and his smirk turned into a snicker. You just met Dr. Luisity, he said. Apparently, some many years ago, one of the surgeons went up to the helipad, walked to the edge of the building, and jumped off. But it seems like he never really stopped working. Story by Addicted Punk, sent in on Instagram. Something about ghost surgeons. Yes, yeah, no thanks. Creepy. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't even know where I want to start with this one because I'm like thinking about it and how. Can you imagine? Can you just imagine getting ready for surgery and seeing a ghost surgeon getting ready to <laughs> operate on you under anesthesia? Or imagine you go through surgery and it's successful, and then you found out that the surgeon was a ghost. They're like the nurses come in. They're like, "All right, we're ready for your surgery." You're like, "No, wait, I just had my surgery." Yeah. Like, no, you didn't. <laughs> Especially if you got an arm amputated, they're like, "You're like, no, 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 don't take the other one." I swear to God, the ghost just took this one off. Yeah. Please. Yeah. No, that's that's some creepy stuff. I don't think anyone really likes hospitals to begin with. Hmm. So when you start mixing in paranormal activity within a hospital, places that people are already terrified of, um, yeah, I, I just, yeah. We have plenty gotta, of people that watch that work in hospitals too that have told us some stories. You got to imagine that most hospitals have to be haunted, right? The amount of people that die in there, obviously, mm-hmm. and the amount of like tragedy that happens and emotions when you know people lose loved ones, it's got to be up there. It's got to be up there. Then you have the other ones with like killer nurses and killer doctors that are killing people on purpose. Like, dude, every hospital in the world should be haunted. I'm not saying I want them to be haunted. I'm saying like with all of the things that have happened and we've seen a lot of locations be haunted for a lot less, you'd got to think that they're all haunted, right? Yeah. yeah. And there's a ton of uh, nurse. If you go on Reddit, you can actually look up like nurse ghost stories. They are always sharing weird, strange stories from their experience in the hospital, especially uh, in like the trauma units in the ER, obviously hospice they all have there's a ton of different ghost stories we could probably do a listener submitted ghost stories just on hospitals because there are so many crazy ghost stories that are uh shared by people in that industry new show idea haunted hospitals where myself dave jesse we show up to a random hospital we don't let them know we're coming with all our ghost hunting equipment we burst in we start ghost investigations Hang on, there's All already a hours flaw. Of the day. There's already a flaw. Why? How do you burst into a place that has automatic doors? Um, you run really fast. <laughs> <laughs> and you catch up before it opens. Yeah. <laughs> we had to burst in. Whoa. We just burst into a surgery, right? Like we start doing an investigation mid-surgery. Oh, like, they love they love when you do that. They, they would be very excited about it. But if there's one thing hospitals love, it's surprise guests during surgery. <laughs> <laughs> Donnie says that's a terrible HMO if you can't even get a living surgeon. <laughs> I think I think this is the new show idea, though. I think we just go, and um, I think people will like it. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think patients and doctors alike will have and a blast. Season two will be haunted prisons. Yes, where we get sent to. <laughs> Dave will be in one. Jesse will be in another, and I'll be in a third. <laughs> much oh, harder, man. much harder to bust through the door on that yeah. one. But you know, it's been done. Maura says, my cousin said a corpse sat up by itself. So I heard I heard a great, this isn't a ghost story, but I heard a really good story that this reminded me of from a hospital. They were working 
some a, a patient had just passed away and the person telling the story said that they were doing whatever it is they do after that happens to bring the body from point A to point B. And she leaned over the body to do whatever. And the body just sat up right into her face, just boom, right in her face. And she screamed, obviously, and, <laughs> and jumped back and realized that she had leaned on the button that inclines the seat. Oh, <laughs> man. Still terrifying. Still terrifying. Uh, Rachel, Rachel says... We had a guy walk in during a brain surgery. Bad idea. I actually read that comment wrong and almost freaked out when you. I thought it said we had a guy walk during a brain surgery. Just, just walk away during it. You just know what? Like, I've had I'm, enough. I'm done. G- I'm give me the top done. of my this skull. Been long enough. Give me the top of my skull. I'm leaving. Jeopardy's almost on. I don't know why <laughs> you think I'm still going to be sitting here. We we had a wrap up time. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Oh man, yeah, that's uh, both ways are pretty bad though. Both ways are quite bad, but yeah. Wow. Anyways, oh, this is great. Um, all right, do we want to jump into our final story? I think we do. I think we do. All right. Let's... In two thousand and three, when I was still going to elementary school, my mother was working as a cleaner in what we call a people's house. A people's house is sort of like a community center. Like clockwork, every day after school, she would pick me up in front of the building and we would walk to her workplace, which took us roughly 30 minutes. While she was working, I would go to the entry hallway, which had multiple desks, and I would start doing my homework so that I could spend my free time playing video games with my best friend after we had returned home. The building was very large and had something dark to it. Somehow, you always felt uneasy. The atmosphere was negative. Sometimes I'd help my mom and vacuum the basement's carpet floor. There were giant curtains in front of the emergency exit. I always felt like I was being watched from behind the curtains and would sigh a breath of relief when I was done and quickly would run back upstairs. One day, it was the usual procedure after school. My mom met me outside of school and we walked to the building. She said she would smoke one cigarette before getting to work, and I planned to do my homework after she was done smoking. We started to have a conversation about my day at school. Suddenly, we were interrupted by the noise of the toilets flushing. Instantly, followed by a loud, high scream that echoed through the whole building. It was intense. I never heard a scream like this before or afterwards. It sounded out of this world, and I thought I lost my mind. I froze for a moment. When I unfroze, I looked to my mother, and she looked right back at me and asked, Have you heard that? and I nodded my head. She told me to get my backpack, and we left her workplace for that day. We continued to clean the place for another month while waiting to be reassigned a different building. Luckily, we had no further experiences within the place. But after 20 years, I still think back to that day and can't forget the sound of the scream we heard come from within that old building. Stories submitted by Julian from Germany. 
Yeah, I I agree with Ulysses in the chat. He says another month. Geez, like, yeah, that's got to having to go back there for the entire month. Nothing else happened to them. But it doesn't matter that nothing else happened to them because you're just sitting there waiting for something to happen, which is sometimes scarier. Maybe not. But it's still scary that you have the anticipation of like what else is going to happen in this place is terrifying. I get what you mean by sometimes the anticipation is scarier. And that's like not to compare it to a horror movie, but that's what I'm going to do is when you, sometimes you get that, like just the suspense of having to wait and not knowing when something's going to happen or if something's going to happen at all is so much worse than when it actually does happen. Yeah. Yeah. Cause w- when it, when it happens, you're not expecting it. And then it's the unknowing of expecting something to happen. I, I can totally get that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought this was interesting. I mean, I learned, I had never heard of a public house, which is basically like a event center sort of deal, community center type of deal, um, which there's a little bit of difference. We don't have to get into that exact nuance. And I guess they don't really use them as much anymore over there. But we're talking about a relatively big place. You're going there with your mother after school. You're doing your homework. You're helping her clean it. You're going into the basement of this place that probably has a long history um, he was also telling me, he sent me a, a few more things about there were rumors that this place was built on a cemetery and stuff like that, but he actually went and debunked all of that. So I didn't put it in the story because I thought we could talk about it a little more better, better than throwing it in the story, trying to debunk it afterwards. But kudos to them for doing their research on the place, right? Like a place that they didn't own or live in going out there and trying to find out what actually the hell was going on there. Exactly. And you don't get a lot of people that would do the due diligence. Usually if you're told like, Oh, you know, it was built on a cemetery. You just take people at their word for it. You're like, well, that must be the reason. So kudos for, for doing that and uh, taking those extra steps for sure. Yeah. Do you think you would keep going with your mom to her her work afterwards? Or you'd be like, mom, I'm actually just going to walk home. I'm going to let you go do the job you're the one getting paid for it i will see you later for dinner yeah i guess it depends on the relationship with your mother <laughs> so <laughs> do you want to protect her or you want to throw her throw in with the wolves and the ghosts yeah Ho- hopefully there's no wolves yeah imagine if that's what it was just a wolf running around this community center we got a whole michael j fox teen wolf situation happening terrifying terrifying <laughs> It just says, I don't want a ghost yelling at me in German. It's always more intimidating when they yell at you in German. Mm, <laughs> yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. I, yeah I, was on a, I was on a Lufthansa flight once, and the stewardess just came over and said the nicest thing to me ever in German, but it was just still, I was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll do whatever you say. Yeah. It's, uh, it's always intimidating. <laughs> yeah. So that was another uh, scary one. A couple scary stories tonight. A couple of. Feel Not good as stories. scaries, but feel good ones. It's. I'm sorry, guys. We're, we have a brand. We got to stick to it. It is terrifying ghost stories you've never heard. They're all terrifying. <laughs> they were all terrifying. Every single one. Mm-hmm. The most terrifying ghost stories you've never heard. That's right. <laughs> but these are ghost stories you've never heard. There's ghost stories that we've never heard. But now you have. And uh, and that yeah, is formerly terrifying. ghost stories you've never heard. Right. Exactly. So. Uh, yeah, if, if you would like to send us your ghost story again, uh, best way to do that is email or Discord. We prefer you on Discord, though. That way you can be a part of the community and join and chat with everybody. And there's a whole tab there. You can drop your ghost stories in there, even if you don't want them on the show. And even if you just want to share the experience with us and you don't want it to be public, you could uh, you could send it in an email. 
And, you know, if there's something concerning that's going on and you want kind of our take on it, then we can check it out and see what we can do. Not much we can do. Anyways, um, yes, so... Uh, but, yeah. uh, make sure you keep sending in these stories join the discord there's a whole discord channel dedicated to people telling their ghost stories you can send ghost stories to us at hometownghoststories at gmail.com um, getting really good at saying that like it should be I should get paid every time I say it I think and there's you can reach out to us on twitter on instagram there's so many ways to get your ghost stories over to us we don't always respond right away but we do read them and we do try to get everybody's stories on as much as we can. Obviously, we have plenty to go through and try to get on the show. Oh, we do have reviews. Why don't we get into it? We have um, we have a couple good ones. So the first one is from Fur Mama 2 titled Love You Guys. And they wrote, this is the best podcast ever. Keep up the awesome work. Nice, simple, but overly effective thank you so much for leaving that five-star review this one is from johnny and it's titled a dybbuk in a box first this is a great show i listen all the time the banter is fun the history is great and heck there are ghosts and stuff too second i just finished the dybbuk box dybbuk box episode it reminded me that my girl has one that she never told she told me never to open. She said I'd be very disappointed. It's a simple wood box. Nothing really significant about it. She keeps it under our bed. One day she wasn't home and I decided to look. I picked it up and felt like it had a little weight to it. So I gave it a shake. It started buzzing and it sounded and felt like it had an energy to it. I got freaked out and put it back immediately. I could still hear the energy coming from it and thought about telling her, but I didn't want to make her upset. The sounds eventually stopped. She never found out. I'm starting to wonder if it's really possessed, though. The box isn't tied up or covered in wax or anything, and it looks like she might open it frequently. I'm never touching that thing again. Anyhow, great show, guys. Thanks for all the hard work you put into it. Johnny, we're going to have to have a talk. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Also, sorry if your wife now knows about it. (laughs) Yes. We'll have a discussion about what that box means to you and your loved ones. Yeah, those Dybbuk boxes uh, allegedly are no joke. And at least he didn't open it. Because that would yeah. be that would be chaotic. Could have released the Dybbuk. Would have been <laughs> vibrating all over the room. Anyways. So <laughs> any other reviews? <laughs> no, that, those were the two for this week. Um Let's thank our patrons real quick. For our VIPs, a.k.a. the Church of Bucky, McHat Elders, we have Allison V, Dakota G, Jeannie R, Jennifer P, who I believe is a bland, uh, brand new VIP. So thank you so much and welcome to the crew. Justin T, Lisa J, Mike Oubliette Blake, Mom and Pops yeah. W, Robert H, and Inspires Gaming. Thank you so much for being VIPs. You guys keep the ship afloat. We have Ambie Rose, Anna C, Kath Q, Chris C, who wanted to be called something else. Hang on, what did he want? No, that's someone else. That's that's Aaron. Never mind. Chris C, Cody G, DC. We have Donnie N, Elizabeth Young, Jake V, Janice G, Matthew T, Papa Squatch, Rachel B, Sarah Cook, Steph A of the COTS, Stitch Kitten, Sydney B, the other Rachel B, Aaron Adams, who wants to be called the Big Spag Nasty. <laughs> so 
thank you, Aaron. Uh, so you just that might be your... what was in the box, the big spag nasty. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been the big spag nasty, uh, Aaron. If you just go to Patreon, you just customize your own name to say whatever you wanted to say. Otherwise, I'm probably just going to keep calling you Aaron A because uh, I can't keep reverting back to the message you sent me. But the big spag nasty, thank you so much. We have El Capone. We have El Capone's allegedly poorly taxidermied corn dinosaur. We have El Capone's allegedly por poorly taxidermied wife, Alicia E. Anthony character limits be damned. T. Ashley M. Brandon W. Brennan. Rob loves ice cubes. Did I miss that conversation? No, you were part of it. Graham Parsons. Oh, that's yeah. why he loves ice cubes. This screen is so bright. It's so bright. Yeah. <laughs> we have Captain McSlubs. Captain McSlubs. <laughs> Jesus. I've been Gave away from the Patreon list for a little while. Uh, oh, we have dude. Colby 0204, Crystal Quinn, who is brand new into the uh, Ghost Pirate Mafia. We have Huska, Castle, Huska. Huggy Bear, Joe R. Kirley, J. Mark M., uh, Michaela T., who looks new to me, Mina H., Mariah M., Nick, Nuthouse Queen. We have Paul from St. Louis, Ray N., Sam from Nepal, Sarah R., Scotty L., Solar Flare, and Swanee. A whole bunch of new names on that list that I had not seen before. So thank you guys so much for being a part of Patreon. $3 a month will get you uh, into Patreon. You can also join the upper tiers and unlock more benefits. You can join the $20 tier or the brand new $100 tier. Will Rob will put an ice cube in your butt. <laughs> so and my own you. butt too like it's 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 if you're part of the 20 dollars here you don't have to join patreon for that he'll do that anyways <laughs> so. thank god thank god you're back jesse while you were gone we let dave read the patreon list i'm not gonna lie dave, i think i did better than that <laughs> he was he was fighting for his life every week he was just up there just just swinging at the fences not connecting with much it's not fun but you know it's 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 the work that we set ourselves up for and we promise to do it every week so we we just keep doing it so thank you guys so much for uh well, joining for, us fortunately for fortunately the the patrons are interesting enough and have hilarious names so it's not just the yes. same redundant list every week it is actually pretty amusing in my opinion it is a fun list and obviously uh we appreciate you guys very much so you can do that also on youtube you can join for a dollar and you could become a youtube member there are some uh some member only videos on youtube that you can access and uh, check out, including some raw footage from investigations and everything. So you can uh, check that out, as well as some others. Uh, shout out again to Brent from Paranormal Portal. If you haven't already, make sure you go check out his channel on YouTube, podcast available on all platforms. Thank you, Brent, for filling in. And uh, Lindsay as well. Both of you guys did a great job. I've been listening back to those episodes. I particularly liked... Uh, <laughs> you were just talking about um, like an exclusive club. I think it was last week. I think it was the I think it was the episode that Brent was on, but you guys were talking about this exclusive club or whatever, and Rob just hits Dave with, "Dave, you're an alcoholic. What? Is <laughs> How does this work?" I was cracking up at that. Yes, I'm not an alcoholic. Um, guys, summer's just about over. Fall's coming. Mm. Hoodie sweatshirt season is upon us. We still yes. have some available on the website, hometowngoststories.com. While supplies last, Get yep, it. we also have the uh, HTGS hats, That's which. Right maybe Rob is wearing at the moment. I'm wearing, I got this hat just for Dave, which it has the year that Dave was born on it. Yeah. <laughs> so. 1296. <laughs> it's 1926, but both apply. It's perfectly fine. So uh, there's the HTGS hat. It's, there we go. it's beautiful. So we do have hoodies. I just received my hoodie yesterday, actually, because I stopped by Dave's house to extract my dog from his tender care. And, um, and I will say it is very cozy. Those are, very good sweatshirts so i'm very happy with the way that those came out so same yes order yours while supplies last and uh also this fall 
we must also mention that we have our episode 100 celebration party. It'll be in Plymouth, Massachusetts at Second Wind Brewing, October 20th. Is that the day? Mm-hmm. That's the day, Friday, October day. 20th. Yes. It's going to be a great time. Very much looking forward to seeing those of you who are able to make it out there. Again, Plymouth, Massachusetts. It's going to be a lot of fun. So I think that'll pretty much do it. Anything else, gentlemen? That is going to do it for me. All right, cool. Well, then we'll uh, catch you guys on Friday, Haunted Headlines, and then back on Tuesday for another live episode of Hometown Ghost Stories. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you guys soon.